What's going on, everybody? Hope you have all been well. You know what pisses me off? I get tired of tearing fucking bath towels. You ever done that? You get out of the shower, you try to dry yourself off. You try to dry your back off. Tear the end off a fucking towel. I hate that. Now, it probably means I got some ratty-ass towels and I need to replace them. But it just it just pisses you off. I'd like to think that because of my monstrous size, the towel just can't stand up to the task. But it's probably just shitty-ass ratty towels. That's like, um, you ever go to put a pair of socks on? Why is it always the second damn sock that you try to put on is the one you realize has a fucking hole in it? Doesn't that piss you off? It's never the first sock you grab. It's always the second one. So I got to get new socks, which I have to do on a regular basis because I have a dog that he'll take the sock and he does it for attention. He'll do it for attention. If I don't pay enough attention to him, he'll grab a sock and he'll walk up to me and show it to me. Then when I say, hey, give me that, and I chase after him, he usually runs to the dining room table because he knows if he gets on one side of it and I'm on the other, then the games really begin because every time I go to one side, he goes to the other and I go back to that side and he goes to the other and I can't crawl under it because the chairs are in the way and it's like a game to him. And finally I give up and just accept the fact that I'm going to have to go buy new socks on a regular basis. And then you know what he does to me? He walks up to me and he destroys it in front of me. He'll take his paws and hold one part of the sock down and he'll start yanking at it with his head and he'll start tearing it. You can just hear it go rip, rip, rip. And he destroys it in front of me. There's not a damn thing I can do about it. Every time I try to get it, he takes off with it. I'm like, well, I'm not doing this all morning. Fuck this. You know, I'm afraid one day he's going to swallow it and like it's going to get stuck in his stomach. And I'm going to have to probably spend like five grand on a dog operation to get the sock out of him. He hasn't done it yet. I hope, hopefully he doesn't. Um, so anyway, um, I'm going to answer a listener question. I had a guy submit a question to me. Very good question. And I decided it would be a good podcast topic to talk about. And you'll see what I mean here in a minute. Uh, this is from Gerald Fernaziano. Ferna- I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Fernaziano. Hey, John. Huge fan of your site, and I follow for a long time now. When I began weights, I know not a lot, but after putting your advice in practice, I go from 67 kilo to 89 kilogram in just over one year. Sounds like a pretty good gain. Uh, we, we measure by pounds here in the States, but I know that uh, uh, a gain of over 20 kilograms is a pretty good gain. My question is about a cycle in your straight from the underground performance guidebook. I want to do <laughs> spring break pussy slayer cycle of Anivar and Winstrol. My question is about the test. I don't have tests right now on hand, but do have HCG can I run the HCG of any benefit with the Anivar and Winstrol and make this cycle work? Or do I certainly need the test with it? Thanks for your time, Gerald. <clears throat> okay. Now, I remember this cycle and I remember drawing it up. And it's an eight-week cycle. So is it suppressive? Yes. Is it as suppressive as some of the other things I talk about? No. You'll probably recover from it a little quicker, being that it's only an eight-week cycle. Uh, Anivar itself is a pretty mild compound. Winnie's a little harsh, but being that you're going like 30 and 30 with each, I don't think it's going to knock you down to Chinatown too bad. It's it's one of those things that you can do a, you can recomp a lot from it. The synergy between Anivar and Winnie is something a lot of people don't know about, but they're highly synergistic together, meaning that one feeds off the other. 
and you get better results than just taking more of the one. I can see like the Winnie giving you like that kind of dry out diuretic effect. The Anivar is good for strength gains and you know, you're doing kind of a minimal amount of each together. You don't need testosterone with that cycle. I believe I had like 200 milligrams of test a week if you can. I think I put that in there. It's like an optional thing. I would say in a perfect world, just to feel a little bit better on that cycle, it is better to have the test, even if it's a minimal amount. Even if it's 100 milligrams a week, it's still better to have it than not have it. However, you did mention HCG. Now, a lot of old timers, this is kind of an old school thing. You can run HCG with a cycle uh, and keep the, the test levels a little bit higher, okay? It, it can help you feel a little bit better. It's not going to knock you down as bad as not having anything in there would because HCG stimulates your luteinizing hormone, your follicle-stimulating hormone, which gives a signal to your testicles to produce testosterone. One way that you can do this is if you can run, I'd say, a 1,000 units a week of HCG, and I would split that up into two shots. I would do 500 and 500, say like Monday, Thursday, something like that. I always think it's better to introduce HCG in a couple different injections throughout the week rather than one big bang because it does kind of spike uh, the estrogen just a little bit, and it's like I don't want to introduce too much at one time. I feel like it's kind of a smooth and steadier approach to, to split it into like maybe a couple shots a week. So what I would do is I would run a thousand IUs of ACG a week for that eight week cycle. All right. And you'll probably feel a little bit better because Winnie can make you feel a little bit ill. Um, some people, even when they're running tests, Winnie can make them feel a little bit ill, but, um, I don't think it would do that that bad, like being that it's an eight-week cycle and it's a minimal amount of that with the Anivar. However, the two together, highly synergistic. And what that cycle was intended to do that I laid out straight from the underground was it was it was a cycle for somebody who was just trying to dry out, kind of recomp real quick for like eight weeks. That's why I named it the Spring Break Pussy Slayer Cycle. and um, And I've done it. I've done it. Now, when I did it, I had a little more test in there, but I was running 30 and 30 of Anivar and Winstraw, and I looked pretty damn good. So my advice to you is if you can get the test, I'd rather see you do it with test, even just a CC a week of test. If you can't get the test, run the ACG with it, and then just get like another thing at ACG for when you come off. When you come off, you're going to run the ACG for, you know, a couple weeks. And then uh, if you can get some tamoxifen or some Aremidex, it's probably a good idea to kind of throw in there for your PCT as well. All right. Thank you for following. Best of luck. And this leads me into a topic that I've been meaning to discuss for a long time. And it's hard to talk about because it is so individual specific sometimes. And this is a question. This is a topic that I get asked about more than anything. I mean, I get asked about this shit like it's going out of style. And that's the topic of PCT. Everybody wants to know what kind of PCT they should use for the cycle that they're on. I'm going to give you my outlook on it and some guidelines, okay? I cannot tell you specifically the best PCT for you because I don't know how like estrogen sensitive you are. 
I don't know if you're sensitive to prolactin from like DECA or Trembolone or what have you. I don't know what your existing estrogen levels were before the cycle. You could be an overweight guy that had estrogen that was through the roof. Now you run a cycle and your estrogen is even higher. So I can't say for you it would be the same thing as for a guy. Let's say a guy had like Novodex or Tamoxifen on hand. And he was like, hey, you know, what should I do for my PCT? The guy's fairly lean. Let's say he ran like a 10-week cycle of just, just test, okay? For that guy, I would say, hey, man, why don't you do a three-week run of the tamoxifen and do like uh, 40, 30, 10, like for those three weeks, okay? 40 is pretty high, um, but, you know, he's tapering down. Whereas somebody else might need like 30, 30, 20, maybe another week, 20, maybe they go four weeks for theirs. Just because maybe they got puffier. Maybe they were running a higher dosage. Maybe they needed um, something more to knock the estrogen down. As far as anti-estrogens or aromatase inhibitors during a cycle, not everything warrants that. And some people don't need it, all right? Like, I'm one of them. I don't, even with my test replacement therapy, I just don't need a Remedex. Once in a while, once in a great while, my test will be on like the high side of normal, but still in normal range. But usually it's it's pretty tanked. And that's running like no aromatase inhibitor. So, uh, and for those of you that aren't familiar with the, the terminology, aromatase inhibitors such as a Remedex or Aromacin they keep estrogen from forming in the first place or knock down existing levels of estrogen. Norvidex or tamoxifen, which is pretty much, they're interchangeable, keeps the estrogen from binding specifically to uh, the, the breast site receptors in a male. But they don't keep it from forming. They just keep it from binding. Really, 90% of the time, a serum, which is like a selective estrogen receptor modulator, such as Nolvidex or Tamox, is really inferior to an aromatase inhibitor. Some people, maybe that's all they have. Maybe that's all they can get access to. Uh, maybe, you know, cost-wise, they didn't want to go, you know, usually the AIs are, are more money than like something like Nolvidex or Tamoxifen. So but that's the big difference, okay? Now, I always tell people, when they're doing a PCT, the best thing that you can get in a perfect world is going to be HCG, okay? It's going to be because human chorionic gonadotropin is like a straight shot to the nuts. Not, I mean, not like a shot shot. Like, you're not, you're not injecting your nuts, okay? I mean, like a straight shot of gonadotropin to jumpstart the process. Where some of these other compounds are... Um, kind of tricking your body to get it to produce its own testosterone again all right it's like it'd be the equivalent of someone saying hey i'm going to take this to to release more of my own growth hormone or they could just take growth hormone you know probably more effective just taking straight growth hormone that's hcg to some of the other products okay clomid clomid's another one clomid is something that it's a female hormone and the whole purpose of clomid is to take it to get the male body to say, wait, 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 something's up. There's a female hormone here. Let's produce more testosterone to counter this. It's just to trick your body to jumpstart your own testosterone production. Clomid's kind of an old school thing. It's I'm not saying it's not like useful now, 
But I'm saying in a perfect world, again, I would rather see someone go the HCG route and, you know, like 5,000 units for 90% of cycles that I talk about. Um, and I talk about it in my underground book, HCG at 5,000 units done over a two-week time frame is going to be enough. So, again, HCG can spark or spike estrogen levels, which you don't want to happen. So, the trick is is to run an AI, such as a Remedex or Aeromason, while you're running HCG. Or at least, if you have Nolvidex or Tamoxifen, at least run that during the HCG. Okay? Now, there are studies that show that Nolvidex or Tamoxifen is actually better at restarting the HPTA axis, the FSH and follicle stimulating hormone, than an aromatase inhibitor. There are studies that show that it is superior in that regard. However, it's not superior at you know, avoiding the estrogen formation to begin with. So if someone did not have HCG, in that case, Novodex or Tamoxifen for post-cycle therapy would be a pretty proactive approach, a pretty good way to kickstart everything again. And this is why you'll see some guys use the Novodex with the Aremidex for post-cycle therapy because one is specifically being used to restart everything. The other is being used to keep the estrogen rebound from coming back. All right, so an estrogen rebound is anytime the test levels crash, usually the estrogen wants to come up. So the, the, the ratio gets out of control. That's the most important part of PCT, in my opinion, is to keep the ratio under control. Keep the estrogen under the level of test. And a lot of it's just time. You know, you just have to wait enough time. It's, it's time even after PCT. You know, a lot of guys have this like thought process that they can just run a PCT for three or four weeks and they're back to normal and they're good. No, it doesn't work like that. It'll help you get back to normal quicker. But I would say you're still going to need like another four, five, six weeks after PCT just to get some kind of indicator of like where your test levels are coming back to. You may need a little more than that. You may need like eight weeks. This is why... If you don't want to, or if you're not open to the idea of testosterone replacement therapy one day, time on equals time off, not counting PCT. So if you run a 12-week cycle, and then let's say you wait two weeks, let's say you took your last shot of a test at the end of the 12-week mark. You want to wait two weeks before you start, you know, any PCT because you want those levels to drop. Then you start your HCG and you're either your AI with it or your serum with it, okay? So let's say you do a three-week PCT. That's three weeks plus the two weeks off. So that's five weeks after the 12 weeks. You should be waiting at least 17 weeks before you start your next cycle. Now, how many people follow this rule? Not many. And I never did. I mean, after I saw what, what this stuff did for me and how I felt on it and just the results... I just, man, fuck that, <laughs> you know, what's my next cycle, what's my next cycle, and this is, this is 90% of people, all right, I will tell you this, okay, this is, this much I will tell you, if you're going to get into cycling, not just a one and done, it's, it's never a one and done, uh, that's what I told myself years ago, one and done, I'm just going to try it, I'm never going to touch it again, yeah, right, but one thing I want to tell you guys is it helps to be open-minded enough to be able to change your goals, okay, so like, once you come off cycle and you're going to wait a while, 
to, to do it again if you do it again, which you probably will. It really helps to be able to have a mind that says, all right, like I'm going to switch off like a light switch. Instead of going for size, I'm going to just try to keep up with my cardio. I'm going to try to stay as lean as I can. You, you have a new goal between cycles where you don't pay attention to the strength gains or losses or this and that. You, you focus on that new goal. And this is something that can help motivate you between cycles. And it can, um, it can also keep you, you know, from being lazy. A lot of guys get lazy, man. They're like paper tigers. They're great when they're on it. When they're not on it, they suck. And they don't even go to the gym. And every they just fall apart. And what does this cause? Really kind of a negative, man. They're running in place, if not <clears throat> falling behind. Who knows if their test levels are going to return to what they were or not. I mean, for a younger crowd, yeah, I think recovery is a lot easier. I think, you know, once you get in your 30s and 40s and beyond, it's very hard. Very, very hard. Sometimes you won't. You won't recover. There's guys out there right now. They could try it one or two times, and they need test replacement therapy. And that's a true story. Okay? So, fortunately for me, I had friends that were older who were already on test replacement therapy. Like, I saw how the other half lived, and they, they had a pretty good life, man. Like, they were always kind of upbeat, energetic, had good physiques. They weren't like the regular old people that I knew. You know what I mean? So... I kind of had an indicator that, um, or a feeling that I was going to go down that road. And my biggest thing was just, I just wanted to have a kid. Like I just wanted to be fertile. And then once that was said and done, you know, whatever. But so I, I probably knew when I was about, I'd say 25 or 26 years old that I was eventually going to go down that road. Um, and so, you know, and up until that point, a lot of times it wasn't time off was more than time on it was like you know run this come off six eight weeks run that come off six eight weeks run that and i would do the yo-yo effect you know i would my skin would break out like fucking terrible man like that's one thing i don't miss about cycling on and off my acne was freaking terrible like just the the bouncing around estrogen levels test levels dropping raising whatever it caused me, I had really shitty skin. I don't miss that. When I got on TRT, man, my skin got clear. Like, clean as a whistle. So, that's why a lot of guys, like, that's another question I would get once in a while. Like, how come I'm getting acne, but these guys that are, like, professional bodybuilders, like, they don't have the acne? Well, they're on test all the time. That's why. They have a, a steadier set point, you know, hormonally. And, you know, they, they when they elevate things, okay, to keep the estrogen under control anytime that estrogen is what's going to break you out man anytime that estrogen comes up or when a guy first gets on testosterone or first gets on trt he might break out um just from you know the hormone fluctuation but eventually it should steady itself out and some people it's a side effect to get worse than others i got a friend used to cycle on and off all the time not not one fucking zit never broke out so let me go back here to, to the PCT guidelines, okay? Um, and try to follow me here. All right. Number one, if you can get it, HCG. That's number one for any PCT. And you want to wait two weeks. You can do this one of two ways, okay? You can run the HCG during the cycle to kind of keep your nuts up and all that stuff. And it does make the PCT easier if you're running the HCG during the cycle. <clears throat> so if it's during the cycle... I would say for most mild cycles, you know, 500 units a week, uh, maybe a thousand. I wouldn't go above a thousand a week. If you're running 
a mild cycle without test, 1,000 units of HCG a week, okay? If, if you're not on HCG during the cycle, then after your last shot of t- testosterone or whatever long, I've said, mostly for test, but you could be on something that's long acting like DECA or something like that. Although that doesn't really, it's different than testosterone. So like you could start your HCG relatively quickly after the end of the cycle. But for all intents and purposes, if you're running testosterone, unless it's propanate, because propanate's out of you a lot quicker. But enante, sipanate, sustanon, uh, test 400, anything like that, you want to wait two weeks after your last shot of test. Okay, so two weeks from your last injection, that's when you start your HCG. You're going to run 1,250 units two times a week, 2,500 units a week, okay, times two weeks. Now, during the HCG, you want to run an aromatase inhibitor. All right, that's number one. If you don't have an aromatase inhibitor, then use Nolvidex or Tamoxifen. But in a perfect world, AI with the ACG, I would say for most people, a half a milligram of Aromatex like every other day. If it's Aromacin, which I think is actually better than Aromatex, it's a little more money, 10 to 12.5 milligrams every other day. Okay, you want to run that while you're using your ACG to keep the estrogen rebound down, keep the estrogen from uh, from spiking. Now, if you, let's say all you have is Clomid, two weeks after your last test injection, you want to run Clomid for about 20 days, if that's all you have. If you have ACG and you have the AI, then I wouldn't even fuck with Clomid. I, Clomid always made me feel like garbage. So I, Clomid is like, it's like the bottom of the barrel PCT. But it also depends on what you were running, okay? So, like, in my one vial cycle for beginners, I wrote this article years ago. It was basically, you take one vial of test, you pyramid up, you pyramid down, and then you do a PCT. Well, that was only, like, it's a one vial cycle that's done in an eight-week time frame. It's not a lot of gear. I mean, I would I would suggest a PCT. But if all you have is Clomid, I would say, okay, that's good. It's not overkill. However, ACG would be better. But where guys are fucking up now, and I've talked about this time and time again, is they're going overboard with the PCT. They're taking PCT out of paranoia that they think that like the more aggressive the PCT is, the higher the testosterone levels are going to come back. And I don't think this is the case. I think that it may restart them a little quicker, but sometimes the PCT drugs become more of a problem than if somebody used nothing. In my opinion, I, I really do. I think that when people go overboard with this shit and they throw their body for a loop completely the other way, it's detrimental. The trick is, is just enough to get things going again. So, ACG, number one, and AI with it, such as a Remedex or Aromacin, number two. Now, let's say all you have is Novodex or Tamoxifen. You can do a PCT with that. That is a very good thing for restarting uh, the hormonal axis again. You want to go, in this case, you would go a little more aggressive, right? Because that's all you have. So remember, it's like, it's kind of like taking gear. You know, if you got two or three compounds in a stack, you might not take one compound as high as you would otherwise if it was the only compound in the cycle. PCT drugs, they, they fall along those lines. 
So it's like if all you have was Norvidex or Tamoxifen, you could go like 40 milligrams a day, like the first week and then 30 the second week. And then like maybe you stay at 30 for week three or maybe you go 40, 30, 20. A lot of it depends on uh, how heavy the cycle was. And it is so hard to dial in estrogen. It really is. It's easy to crash it. When you crash it, it, you feel like kind of the same symptoms as low test. Your joints start to hurt. You feel achy and lethargic. And, you know, maybe you're in a bad mood. It's much easier to fuck with estrogen and throw that for a loop than it is test. That's why this topic is so hard to talk about. PCT is so fucking hard to lay out for people because as individuals, some of us are a little bit different than others in what we're sensitive to. Some guys, extremely sensitive to AIs, extremely. Some need none, you know, similar to me. I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not on, not on TRT. I don't need it. And, and I've been on TRT now like 10 years, at least 10 years. Same way I was since, you know, the first freaking month I was on TRT. I don't need an AI. Now, maybe I do if I run something a little bit heavier, but I've never had symptoms of gynecomite. Never. I've never had sensitive sensitivity in my nipples. Um, I've never had any of that. I just, it's, it's not an issue with me. I know some other people that like, they could run tests and by the second or third week they're feeling it and they're like, you know, shit, I need to, I need to take something. For someone that doesn't know any better, I would say to have it on hand. I would say to have in a perfect world, again, either a Remedex or Aromason on hand because you can use it with your PCT anyway. So it's not like you're not going to use it, but if you need it and something happens, it's right there. Now, if you're going to, let's say you want to do like a, you don't know how you're going to react. All right. You're doing like a, a fail safe method where you want to use the AI during the cycle, which is a smart idea for low to moderate dose cycles. Maybe not necessary all the time, but I think for someone that doesn't know, it's a wise idea. This is where another, another place where a lot of guys fuck up. They use too much of it. And what it does, it kind of takes away from what the compound does. It kind of cuts into their gains. So minimum amount, as little as necessary to do the job. So, you know, let's say someone's running 500 milligrams. You can throw this out there. 500 milligrams of test a week for 10 weeks. A half a milligram of a Remedex two to three times a week is all they need. It's all you should need. Now, if someone's doing, you know, a gram a week of test, 600 milligrams a week of DECA, this and that, then I would say, okay, Maybe you need, you know, a one milligram of Remedex tab like every other day. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. So anyway, I hope this helps some of you guys with, with your questions on, on PCT. And because um, I get hammered with these questions all the time. And, and they're so hard to answer. And I'm probably not even giving you like everything I could right here. Um, there's, there's so many different routes I could go with this. Different combinations of things and whatnot. But I will say that the best thing you can do is just read up on the different PCT drugs and just know what they do. Don't just take three different things because you think three things is better than one. Understand that ACG is gonadotropin for your fucking nuts. It's a straight shot of nut juice. <laughs> All right. The AI is to keep the estrogen down while you're taking the HCG. The Norvidex or tamoxifen can be used in place of HCG, but do you need that with HCG and a Remedex? No, no. 
So you need to study these things. You need to understand what role each one of these drugs plays for what purpose. That's the thing. So anyway, thanks for hanging in there. And uh, guys, train hard. And I know this wasn't a long one. And we'll be back with another one next week. So, oh, also, also, um, the um, the grandpa's, the Trembolone story, the God help us all grandpa's on Trembolone. Chapter three is going to release this week, I think on Thursday. So this one's like a real doozy, man. Like, uh, you definitely want to read this because for those that are fans of the first two chapters, you're really going to fall apart when you read this one. So, all right, guys, train hard. Thanks for following.